Monday evening it is, of course, and uh, on the Monday evening, this time of Monday evening, we have our night surgery. Night surgery is now open, and of course, uh, I have, as I said earlier with Ridwan, that I have with me this evening Dr. Muhammad Noor Abrams, who is a specialist physician and a rheumatologist. Dr. Noor, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam, and to all your listeners. How are you this evening? Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. It's been quite a, quite a while it since has you've been, been here. Hey? Yeah. Quite a while. But uh, shukran for availing yourself to be here this evening. And uh, this evening we are going to focus on uh, the doctor's speciality, which is uh, almost said arthritis, but we're talking about um, rheumatology that is everything to do with joints muscles and all these aches and pains that you have in that vicinity this is the man to talk to am i right correct uh-huh. yeah. so there you are amylite paints the arthritis fibrositis and others what the itis is this is my to prat he can force bell to me manita you can call us on the number 021-442-3530. that's 021-442-3530 or send an SMS, and the SMS costs one rand fifty. The number four seven nine one three. That's four seven nine one three. And of course, uh, very important. Uh, the three very important components of your SMS always, as Professor has taught us by now, gender, age, and weight. You need to include that into your SMS, and then you forward it to us because this gentleman will only be here until. Two minutes to ten. And then he needs to clock out because tomorrow morning he needs to open up his surgery or his practice. And talking about his practice, he practices at uh, Gatesville Medical Center. And uh, that's uh, all right. We're going to give you the details of his practice just now. But suffice to say that this is the man to talk to for all those aches and pains in the joints, etc., etc., And we're going to kick off by me asking you, um, and listen to me kicking off, uh, excuse the punt, because it's not easy to kick when you've got the pains, eh? but no, uh, kick much. off with the question, what is gout? Because you said that you'd especially like to talk to me about mm-hmm. gout. Now, what is gout, Dr. Noor? So gout is a very common form of arthritis. Okay. okay. Um, and it's caused by a buildup and accumulation of uric acid, mm-hmm. um, which is a normal byproduct uh, of body processes. Um, and this accumulation of uric acid results in crystallization of the uric acid. And the crystals then deposit into joints. Okay. This, this, when they deposit into joints, it causes an irritation in the joints, and this results in inflammation. Okay. And anybody who's ever had a gout attack will tell you that the pain of a gout attack is severe. Mm. It comes on very acutely. It's at its maximum within the first 24 hours. Okay. And it responds very well to treatment. Mm. Mm. You know? Mm. And um, within uh, a week, the gout attack would have uh, subsided and they returned to normal. Right, 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 right. So that is the classical presentation of gout. It usually affects the single joint at mm. the end of the body. Right. So we're talking about a wrist, a big toe, an mm. ankle, a knee occasionally. Right, right. And, right. and um, because the acute attack is so easily managed and people return to normal in between, they tend to forget about the problem of gout. Right, right, right. And this leads to recurrent attacks. Ah. 
And once you have recurrent attacks, you're susceptible to damage and the formation of TOFI. Right. Now, uh, as the specialist, can I ask you then, Dr. Noor, is it because when people go for uh, treatment for gout, that it's more that they are treating the actually symptoms instead of the actual cause of the gout? Absolutely. You hit the nail right on the head. Hmm. So we're managing the acute attacks, but we're doing nothing to address the cause. Right. And the cause is an elevated uric acid level or hyperuricemia. Right. Now, this is the treatment target in gout. Hmm. The treatment target is not to end the acute attack. Yes, of course, we want to attend end the, the acute attack. Right. But uh, the emphasis must be on preventing further acute attacks, hmm. from preventing progression of of gout to chronic tophaceous gout where you have destruction of joints. Mm. Mm. And to do that, you need to be on regular medication. Mm. Mm. But people seem to think that once you've had a gout attack and you're pain-free, you can stop all your medication. Right. But unfortunately, that is the problem that leads to the chronic form of gout. Right, right. Are you telling me then, Dr. Nu, that once the person is on medication for this uh, high uric acid, which it should be, mm-hmm. uh, as you said, that should actually be the treatment, correct, correct. that uh, a person will be on that for a very long time? Or yeah. Yes, it's a chronic Are disease. Are we talking chronic? So that means you're on it, yeah. you stay on it. You know, as, uh, people, you, uh, people have no problem taking their antihypertensive medication. Because they don't the have, blood pressure Yeah, the, the blood pressure tablets. Right. They don't have any symptoms from their blood pressure. Uh-huh. All they know is that their blood pressure is high and they need to take the tablets and right. they do that right. because they've been well educated on the treatment of hypertension. Mm. They've been well educated to know that if you don't take your, your pills, you're going to end up with a stroke. Right. But it seems to be the education is lacking when it comes to gout. Uh-huh. Right? People seem to think that uh, gout is all about pain and once there's no pain, you don't have to worry about it. But in fact, you actually need to worry about it when the pain is gone because right. you need to bring down your uric acid levels and to decrease your risk of developing further acute attacks right. and chronic disease. Right. Yeah. Now, um, I hear you you're saying that the uric acid is a byproduct, but what brings on this high uric acid mm-hmm. attacks? So most people uh, have a problem with uh, inability to get rid of uric acid. Right. Uric acid is a byproduct of DNA metabolism. And the body is constantly forming protein and constantly developing DNA. And as a result of those processes, you develop this byproduct Mm. called uric acid. Right, right. Now, uric acid is is actually um, a very important um, uh, part that, uh, a a very important um, molecule in that it it, it stabilizes membranes and and actually does some good in the body. So you don't want to get rid of all your your uric acid. Mm. But if you, uh, and then pe- people, uh, and the uric acid is, uh, is um, usually uh, easily metabolized um, in the body, so the body gets rid of it through right. the kidneys right. and some of it in, in the stool. Um, so the majority of people have a deficiency in, um, in getting rid of the uric ah. acid. And a small percentage make too much uric acid. Right, right, right. So if you can't get rid of the uric acid, the uric acid will tend to accumulate. It will build up then. Correct. Now, um, what causes, I, I hear what you're saying about this build-up, mm. but uh, having heard talks about a certain diet that people sure. should follow, etc., sure. etc., et also mm. to help with uh, controlling the uric acid, yeah, sure. uh, which are these uh, kind of things that one should or shouldn't eat? Yeah, okay, so, so diet is a big component uh, in, 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 um, in the management of gout. Uh, mm. 
um, well-established uh, purine-rich foods are, are um, your organ meat, your offal, you know, right. liver, kidney, etc. Um, and then some of your fish sources, especially your, oish, your oily fish, your mackerels, your sardines, and of course your prawns and your crayfish and your crustaceans. Mm. Mm. And then there's some uh, the yeast products, the beers, of course, um, uh, uh, carries a high risk of, of purines. And then some vegetables also, you know, right. mushrooms and spinach, uh, yeah. broccoli. Yeah. These are all yeah. purine-rich foods. Right, right. So those, right. Are the, those are the things that people predominantly know about. And then there's the other part, um, which is the sweetened foods, right? Right. So the, the artificial, artificial sweetener called um, high fructose corn syrup is an is a artificial sweetener mm. that's used um, by a lot of American companies. Mm. And they use it to sweeten their things. And, right. and unfortunately, with the trade agreements, we get all American. You know? right, right, we've got right. Kellogg's, we've got yes, uh, yes, Heinz yes. tomato, etc. Yes. So a lot of the sources are are sweetened, sweetened artificially, you know, artificially sweetened. sweetened. Right. A lot of the yogurts are artificially sweetened. Right, right. You know, I mean, you only got to look at the gas cool drinks to know that there's a lot of artificial sweetening there. Mm. And there's been an increase, um, increase in in uric acid um, when you when you eat this uh, sweetened foods. Uh. So we try to we try to tell our patients to to avoid um, uh, the, the sweet and right, stuff. Right, right, right. Then uh, something that you've mentioned there, Dr. Noor, uh, earlier on when you said when people don't uh, control it, mm. it can also lead to um, certain problems. Yes, deficiencies. Yes. Uh, I think was the word that you used. So, uh, so chronic disease. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, before I get to, to, to controlling it, we, we've got to look at the factors that why things are not controlled. Right. So invariably diet um, c- uh, contributes to it. Hmm. Sometimes your medication that you want, comorbid diseases, right, can, can, uh, can influence your gout. We know that uh, low-dose aspirin, for example, if people have heart attacks, can increase your uric acid levels. We know that the water tablet, the thiazide diuretic, or the Rydec, as people know it, that can also increase your uric acid. Okay. okay. So there are many other things that we need to be aware of that will contribute to that. Ah. And then, of course, we, I mentioned uh, the, the efficacy of the acute uh, management, you know, right. the gout pack, so to say, yeah. is, is freely available. I mean, you can get it at the pharmacy. You have acute uh, um, joint pain. You go to the gout pack and you get it and, and it solves your problem, sort of. But we don't look at the long term mm. problem. Mm. And then, of course, um, uh, th- things like kidney disease. When your body, when your when your kidneys start to fail, you also lose the ability to lose your, your uric acid. Okay. So that's what starts to accumulate. Right. So yes, uric acid is is predom- uh, predominantly leads to gout, and gout is predominantly a joint problem. But uh, the, we know that hyperuricemia is also associated with hypertension and diabetes. Uh. So. We can see from, 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 from studies that we've done over a period of time that people who have high uric acid levels have increased risk of developing hypertension mm. and worsening hypertension and diabetes. And, of course, those two are independent risk factors for the development of heart disease. Right. Uh, just on that, uh, if I may, uh, Dr. Lure, so it's actually the disease, the diabetes, the hypertension, and not the medication of those diseases. Well, uh, in certain cases, it is the medication of, of some uh, of um, of those diseases. Of those diseases, yeah? oh, right. And then in other cases, it's the con- it's the it is the 
the the the end organ damage of those diabetes hypertension. Uh, You know the problems downline from that that causes gout as well. Right, right, right. So So it's an intricate matter, you know, and uh, there are many aspects to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So so gout is not just simply an acute painful big toe. Right, and there's a lot of things to, to consider. Right, right. Because people may inadvertently being being treating something else and making the gout worse. Sure, sure. Just that one question, uh, Dr. Noor, before we take a break, and that is the damages that you mentioned that mm. it could result into. What, yeah. what are we looking at here? So, so obviously with the joint, we're talking about chronic joint damage, right? I mentioned uh, on, on a few occasions now that with an acute joint attack, with an mm. acute gout attack, mm. in between your joint, you, you, you go back to normal. Right. But with recurrent episodes and recurrent deposition of uric acid, you form these big tophaceous um, tophi, which is tophaceous material, right? right? Uric acid crystals that are lumped together uh, and start to eat away at things. Allah. And you would have seen some people, they've got the big knopper over right. their elbows. Right. right? Uh, sometimes they look like, over their fingertips, they look like they've got chalk-like substances coming out. Uh-huh. And that's a tophus, and that's due to long-standing high uric acid levels which are starting to deposit in the tissues right. now not just the joints right we right. see it on people's ears we see it uh, on, on on the elbows and it starts to erode the joints mm. and causes damage right permanent damage permanent damage right you know once you've got once you've got structural damage you can't repair that. of course and when you, when you have structural damage you have now a second problem you're developing a, 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 um, a sort of a secondary osteoarthritis, uh, okay, where uh, you've got destruction of that of that joint, mm-hmm. and when you have destruction of a joint, you also get permanent pain. Uh, right, of course, but by a different mechanism. Right, right, all right. So it's actually accumulating now. It's a cumulative thing. Right, right. your gut starts off early, no problem. Right, you don't look after him later. Mm causing big problems. Serious stuff then, of course, always uh, people were just thinking that if we talk gout, or we're talking about the risk, and uh, if you can get under control, it's fine. But now we hear Dr. Noor saying, be careful. Recurrence, every time recurrence of it can result in some serious, serious damage, which is actually frightening, what you've just mentioned. Let's take a break quickly. We'll be back after this. Of course, remember, if you'd like to speak to Dr. Noor yourself, 021-442-3530 Note we in double feet to be three five three no or if you'd like to send an SMS four seven nine one three four seven nine one three SMS costs one Rand fifty and do include age, gender and weight when you do send the SMS to the doctor and uh, please include as much information as possible so that the doctor can then make the necessary diagnosis with as much information as possible, inshallah. Back with you with the night surgery, and I have with me Dr. Mohammed Noor Abrams, who is a specialist physician and rheumatologist, and the doctor practices at Gatesville Medical Center, suite number 307. I think it's the third floor, Correct, 307, and the telephone number if you'd like to make an appointment is 021-637-8100. That's 021-637-8100. And I see it's extension 1300. So you ask for extension 1300, and you can actually make an appointment to go and see 
the doctor, the rheumatologist, physician, Dr. Muhammad Noor Abrams, or as they call him, Dr. Noor Abrams. But number 021 let's go to the lines. A voice of the Cape, hello. Alaykum salam, alaykum, I'm a diabetic, plus I'm a osteoarthritis and osteoporosis sufferer. I'm on uh, Tamadol, Paracetamol, and Morphine. Uh, yes, uh, okay, go ahead. The doctor's listening. Yeah. Is there anything else I can do, doctor? Uh, what's the I'm ex- actually in a wheelchair. What's the extent of your arthritis? <laughs> Sorry? Which joints are affected, aren't they? Um, my feet, my legs, my knees, my hips, every part. Mm. And, and you've my been, back. And you've been told that you've got osteoarthritis? Yeah. Mm. Osteoarthritis and osteoporosis. And are they, are they offered you surgery? No. Okay. Um, because of my emphysema. Oh, okay. So the emphysema actually complicates matters. Yeah. Um, especially because of uh, um, uh, some of the medication may compromise your breathing ability. Yes. Okay, so um, you're really uh, stuck um, with regard to, to treatment options. Um, the tramadol and the tramacet and paracetamol, those are good options. Uh, morphine for pain is actually the gold standard, you know. And um, what uh, are you giving? Are they giving you oral morphine? The uh, morphine mist. Mist morphine, okay. Yeah. Um, the problem with the mismorphine, of course, is that it causes a hell of a lot of constipation. Um, uh. And uh, you can obviously increase the dose as required. There are um, uh, morphine-like patches that you can use for, uh, for severe pain. Uh. Um, something called a um, fentanyl patch or a duralgesic or, or sovenor. These are all um, patches that you apply uh, onto the skin for uh. um, a period of up to a week at a time. Yeah. You know, and uh, that may give you some some relief as well. Um, unfortunately, though, um, those are they're quite costly. Um, but uh, uh, you know, they are sort of morphine type uh, analogs, and um, they may be. Will the day hospital give it to me? No, ma'am. Unfortunately, not. Oh. Uh, the best thing for the you know what they can potentially do is refer you to the pain clinic to see if there's anything that they can offer you to help your pain. Okay. But, you know, otherwise uh, we always uh, use things like amitriptyline as well uh. um, to help with the pain, especially once you're taking um, uh, paracetamol and morphine-based products. Yeah. Um, and, of course, with the emphysema and your age, it's probably not a good idea to be, taking, yeah. to be taking any anti-inflammatories. Um, so um, I would suggest that you try amitriptyline as well with the medication that you're taking. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, see if that makes much of a difference, inshallah. Okay, doctor. Inshallah. Okay. Okay, shukran, doctor. Okay, bless your evening. Inshallah. alaikum. salam, rahmatullah. Doctor, you made mention there that uh, the person could actually uh, ask to be sent to the pain clinic. When can, uh, uh, let's talk about people going to your day hospitals, mm. your, your general hospitals, government hospitals, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Uh, when can these people actually say, look, I would like to be seen by somebody at the pain clinic? When? Yeah, uh, it was a good question, uh, Yusuf. Um, the pain clinic is a very limited resource um, that is run at uh, the state facilities. Mm. They don't run clinics every day like uh, day hospitals do. Um, and 
invariably you need to be referred there from inside the hospital. Right. So it's, it's very difficult for you to get an appointment at the pain clinic from the outside. So invariably you you need to be referred to perhaps one of the orthopedic clinics or to one of the rheumatology arthritis clinics mm. uh, where you can be assessed. Right. You know, and uh, people can then decide whether you need um, anal, you know, local injections. And if that doesn't help, then they can refer you on to the pain clinic. Okay. And you know the pain clinic, and you know can can potentially use one of the the, the newer um, pain treatments, right. um, right. especially for thing for things like neuropathic pain. Um, there's drugs like Lerica that can be used. Um, obviously, with this lady, we need to know a bit more right. about the medical problems. Right. You know? right. Right. Because it's a trade-off with everything. Okay. You know. All right. Shukran, Doctor Noon. Let's go to the lines again. A voice of the Cape, hello. Alaikum oh, salam. I need you to speak into the mouthpiece, Canola, and your radio is only the back. Okay. Uh, Yusuf, I'm, I've got um, this times that I actually can't walk and move and that. But anyway, I'm under the day hospital. I was referred to the um, orthopedic, um, towards the orthopedic, and they actually uh, uh, made an appointment with me for the hip clinic. Uh, that is on the 22nd of this month. But I used to watch you. Um, they actually say that I have um, arthritis in my hip. Um, a hip replacement uh, doctor, do you, what did you suggest? I'm 59 years old, mm-hmm. but I've got a husband that I have to see to. Yes. My husband's got a stroke. Yeah. Um, what is uh, the after effects of the hip replacement? Okay, if so I I'm should, waiting. if I could, I'm wait. I'm going for to the hip clinic uh, in, in a week, two weeks time. Okay, inshallah. Mm-hmm. Is there any question? Otherwise, the lady can stay on the. I can listen to it on the radio. Yeah. Sure. What do you say? Okay. Yeah. All right. You, you you got everything. It's the. Uh, you got a hip uh, uh, hip pain, and you're going for the. Yeah. Sure. All right. Sure. Okay. You want to you want to listen on the radio? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Look. Um, uh, with uh, chronic hip pain. Um, you can have uh, osteoarthritis of the hip, which is obviously a wear and tear type of arthritis. Mm-hmm. There are other types of diseases that can also give you hip pain, uh, where you have a interrupted blood supply to the head of the right. of the of the femur, uh, which can also give you pain. At the end result, really, is a hip replacement. Now, um, a hip replacement is um, quite an invasive procedure. You know, it's an open operation where the whole of the hip joint is taken out and right. replaced with a prosthetic. Um, that then needs to sit with cement, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's quite a process. Um, and then there's rehabilitation hmm. um, in the hospital initially where they could start to mobilize on, with crutches and um, you need to be a period, there will be a period of time where you have to be off the leg and, and then you start mobilizing yourself and, and, the, and the, the process um, can be quite arduous. You know, the, the rehabilitation varies from person to person. Right. Really. Um, it's difficult to put a time frame on, on when you'll be uh, fully fit and functional. Mm. Uh, mm. But I think you're looking between four and six weeks, you know, mm. Um, mm. plus minus. Mm. And with this person uh, saying that she has a husband that suffered a stroke, which means that she has to assist her husband, maybe by lifting, whatever. Yeah, no, sure. Look, I mean, all those factors come into play. Um, mm. However, you know, if you're if you if uh, your hip disease is uh, severe enough and there's a, there's a space for you. To have the operation, you, right. you really need to 
uh, look at your uh, human resources and how the people around you can assist you mm-hmm. uh, to to have that operation. Right. I know there's a waiting list for all operations, right. days, so right. especially with the PD. Right. So invariably at the state hospitals, you're looking for at least about um, three-year waiting list. Uh, three years. Yeah. Allah. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to take one more call and sure. then I'm going to also look at the SMSs just in case people think uh, we sent the SMS, but young Lisi I am going to get through it, but I also need to get to the telephone. Okay. Voice of the Cape, hello. Assalamu alaikum, sir. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam. I'm suffering, I'm suffering from headaches for years now. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I take about 10 tablets, headache tablets per day. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for years. I've been to all the tests, but they can't find anything wrong. And and I was wondering, you know, there must be a reason why I get this headache. Okay, what's your age, Bhutan? I'm 66. 66. And um, what sort of tests that you have you had for these headaches? I went to Gageville for mm. the um, um, what's the Dr. Amin? Yes. For a um, head uh, scan. You had a head scan, yes. Uh, and there's nothing they could see. I went to Grutuskia mm-hmm. for X-rays and a scan. Yes. Nothing they could see. Good. And and I don't know. I, I, I'm taking over 240 tablets per month. Okay. What type of pain tablets are you using? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sangadans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you name it, I've been through all these tablets, doctor. Okay, so, so uh, you know, uh, w- w- we just get to show you with regard to the scans, right? The imaging that you had, etc. Yeah. So when you say you've had a normal CT scan, what it means is that there's no blood on the brain, there's no bleeding on the brain, there's no right. tumors there, there's no obvious infection there. So uh, th- those are the reassuring things from uh, yeah. from this pain, from this problem. Uh, the there are, um, you know, headache is obviously a symptom. Of, of many different things mm. um, okay. you can be dehydrated for example you can have a headache you know yeah. uh, you can have neck disease you can have arthritis in your neck spine in the spine of your neck and you can have chronic headaches right. you can have sinusitis in fact also as and, and yeah. develop chronic headaches but one thing that um, is, is often overlooked is is the um, the analgesic headache which, is, the, which yeah. is the headache that's that, that comes on as a consequence of you taking so many pain tablets you know, especially the yep. sandals, the codeine-based um, yeah. uh, tablets. Mm. Yeah. So the codeine... You know, doc, I can't wait for four hours to take the next lot of tablets, and that is where I stand at this moment. You know, it's, it's, I'm driving home now, Yes. and, and I, I'm uh, so four severe. hours mm. uh, at 10 o'clock. Yeah. So already I'm, I'm getting, getting up now to take the next lot of tablets, you know. Mm. And like you said, it could be overdoses of tablets, you know, uh, that I'm using. Indeed, you know, and that's a diffi- difficult problem because, you you know, the, 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 the codeine-based tablets uh, are the ones that are associated predominantly with, uh, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the headaches, you know. It's almost like right. a, um, a, uh, a side effect, you know, mm. uh, right. of the headaches, you know. Of, uh, of the the tablets. Uh, which tablets should I take uh, just to get off all these tablets? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a difficult question. I must say, I must say, if you're going to try to use just simple paracetamol, uh, it's yeah. probably your better best at the moment. But you will have a withdrawal because of the codeine. You see, it's the codeine right. withdrawal that causes these headaches. Yeah. So there must yeah. be a period where you're going to have to push yourself through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, you know, yeah. getting these headaches. Uh, you know. Um, and using perhaps a regular paracetamol, but you, yeah. you know, you mentioned you Panamol. See, and the other thing is, I feel very sluggish during the day because of the tablets I'm taking. You know, 
I feel so tired in the morning when I get up because I take twice uh, the tablets during my sleeping hours. Yes. And in yes. the morning, I feel so tired and I have to go work. And if you're tired at work, yeah, no, come home, you, you take tablets, you sleep the whole day. Yeah, yeah. You know, that is the problem you know, I'm sitting with. I, I understand and um, I appreciate the difficulty that you find yourself in. But I think the first thing that you need to try to do is try to get yourself off codeine-based tablets. Okay. So use your, speak to your GP, speak, get to get to some paracetamol, use some anti-inflammatories, but the 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 sindel and the and the, the atkadols, etc. Anything with codeine, not a good idea. Uh, maybe try even something like uh, like tramadol may also give you give you a bit of a rebound headache, um, but it's certainly associated with with less headaches than with the yeah, codeine. Okay. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Dr. Noor, before I go to those SMSs, two things that I'm thinking of here mm-hmm. I want to ask you. The one is this thing about the withdrawal because of the codeine. Yeah. And the other one, what about the side effects on the body? I'm talking about the kidneys, etc., of mm-hmm. taking so many tablets. Yeah, but thanks. You know, uh, when you take any tablet, yeah. right, we, we always talk about the risk-benefit ratio. Right. Right. What is the benefit that I'm going to get out of taking this tablet? Mm. And what is the risk that I'm going to potentially expose my body to right. from this tablet? Right. No matter what it is that you're yes. taking. Yes. If the benefit of you taking a tablet is high, mm. then the risk is justified. Right. But if the benefit is low, the risk is still the same, mm. but it's now unjustified. Right. You know? right. So for somebody with, a, with, a, with an uh, inflammatory type of arthritis, perhaps like ankylosing spondylitis, who needs to take Voltaren every day, right? Mm. The benefit for that patient is strong. Because of the pain relief. Because of the pain relief and the effect that Voltaren has on that disease. Okay. We know that on that specific disease, the ankylosing spondylitis, Voltaren is an excellent treatment. But in the other guy who's got a painful twisted ankle, Mm. for him to take Voltaren every day, the benefit is small, but the risk remains the same. Right. So... You've got to weigh up what, what the potential benefit is from your medication mm. versus the risk. Right, right. Essentially. And right. everything that you're going to take carries risk. Right, of course. Even the natural medication that right. they say has no side effects has mm. side effects. Okay. Coming from the doctor himself, uh, telling us about the risk factor. And, of course, looking at the risk and the benefit when deciding to take medication. Let's go to the, uh, not to the lines, what am I talking about? Going to the shops very quickly, and then after that, those of you that sent me the SMSs, I'm going to get to it right after this. The night surgery with uh, Dr. Mohammed Noor Adrian, specialist, physician and rheumatologist practicing at uh, Gatesville Medical Center and the telephone number there 021-637-8100 and uh, ask for extension 1300. That's 021-637-8100 extension 1300. I just want to know there's another number here. Also, yes, landline. Is a, is a direct is number. A, is a direct yes. number. All right. That direct number is 021 699 Try that one because that one will go directly. 
to the practice and then of course that is to make an appointment going to those sms's the very first sms assalamu alaikum doctor in the panel alaikum salam i am a 65 year old female on the waiting list for knee replacement at the Grudesia hospital in the meantime i'm going with acupuncture twice a week i'm very sore and tender in my knees and legs after the treatment the swelling in the knee is slowly going down after the fourth session. I must have 10. Kindly advice. Okay. Um, you know, acupuncture is one of the alternative therapies for, uh, for osteoarthritis. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and um, it, it is reasonably effective in, in certain patients, but not in everyone. Right. Um, the duration of therapy, uh, you know, that's for your acupuncturist to decide. I mean, mm. that's in the alternative um, medicine uh, ambit. Mm. Um, but from, from a medical perspective, you know, weight loss is important. Muscle strengthening is important. You know, using appropriate uh, pain tablets as well. Right. Yeah. Salam to you, Salam. 63-year-old, weighs 72, female. I broke my ankle a year ago, and now my thigh is paining. What injection can I use, Canala doctor? I can't use Voltaren. It burns my stomach. Okay, um, a bit vague in terms of where the thigh pain is coming oh. from and whether it's actually related to the ankle or not. Um, you know, if it's a muscle or muscle pain, if it's a... Um, if it's coming from the, uh, the the hip joint or from the structures around the hip, you know, we've got yeah. tendons and bursas and muscles. Uh, which other injections to use? Well, it's a, a difficult question. You know, if you can't use Voltaren, the, the only other injection are steroid injections. Right. And the indication for steroid injections is really for inflammatory conditions. And uh, she'll need to be assessed to see if there's an inflammatory cause. Right. If there's no inflammatory cause, then she must try something else like paracetamol, tramadol, using top- topical ointments as well. Okay. So I'm like a doctor. I'm a 47-year-old, weighs around 60-plus. I woke up this morning with body aches and pains and earlier started the fever which played around with my anxiety. Please advise. Mm. So uh, it's not unusual f- to have acute febrile illnesses, fever-like illnesses, uh, presenting with muscle aches and pains. We've all had the flu. Mm-hmm. We've all had common colds where uh, my algae are very common uh, presenting symptom. Mm-hmm. symptom. Can I just uh, add this one? Yeah. This one just came through. It says, oops, my age 47. I can yeah. add once he did add. Weigh 65 to 70. Yeah. Use some vestatin yeah. and uh, bitter pain yes. only when necessary. Yeah. Uh, so, but even, you know, uh, somvastatin can obviously cause muscle aches and pains, but this is an acute problem associated with a, with a fever. Mm. So it's likely that the listener is probably suffering from an acute viral infection, which will likely settle down um, in a couple of days or so with sure. rest and fluids. Right, right. right? Salam, doctor. And thank you, sir. Thank you, salam. Um, after just before I continue, no more SMSs, Canala. No more. I've got enough to keep Dr. Nood busy until... Clock out time. Inshallah. That's ten o'clock. Salam, doctor. I'm a 51 year old male. The icy cold feeling in my hands and feet. At times, what causes it? Okay. Um, does uh, you know? There's a couple of things that we must consider. Hmm. Uh, obviously, one is circulatory problems. Um, and the second thing is obviously nerve problems. I'm not hmm. sure if the gentleman is diabetic or not. Um, but certainly diabetic patients can have altered sensation in their feet and the fingertips. Um, and that's often, that's often because of nerve damage. Right. right? So something called a, uh, a diabetic peripheral neuropathy. Mm. 
Then, of course, uh, circulatory problems if you develop peripheral vascular disease um, because of the arteries becoming narrowed, you can't mm. get enough blood to mm. the peripheries. Mm. Uh, that can also give a feeling of um, of, um, of icy cold the feet, coldness, you yeah. know. And then the third thing is something called vasospasm, mm. which may result in, in something called Raynaud's phenomenon, where the fingers, uh, the tips of the fingers go blue, go white, and go red. Right. Uh, we see this predominantly in young women in, uh, as a normal physiological things, um, but can also occur in, um, in, in elderly patients who have rheumatic diseases All right. like lupus and mm. scleroderma, etc. Mm. All right. A uh, 53-year-old male, 78 kilograms, has constant neck pain, sometimes get a sharp stabbing pain in the neck, always walking around with a stiff neck. Mm. Doctor, please help. Okay. So um, the neck pain can be either related to the joints itself, you know, the vertebra. It can be related to the muscles, the structures that support the, 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 the vertebra. Um, and it can um, be referred pain. So it doesn't necessarily have to be from the neck itself. It can be mm. from structures around right. the neck. Um, I think uh, uh, in this gentleman, the first thing to make an assessment of whether there's any numbness in the in the arms. Right. right. You want to make you want to see if there's any nerve entrapment. Right. Right. So right. Um, that would be one of the more serious problems. Uh, when you want to know if he's deve- if he's developed um, osteoarthritis, wear and tear of the joints there. Mm. So he may need an X-ray of his spine. He may even need an MRI of his spine. If those things are all normal and there's no obvious cause there, you may need to see a chiropractor mm. where you may just need a little manipulation right. to, be, to be able to improve uh, the alignment of the spine, right. which may often just release all the tension in the muscles. When you talk about manipulation, are you talking uh, physio or what, what are you talking about? I'm talking specifically now about, chiro, about like the chiropractor. The chiro, okay. Yeah. The yeah. person that will break you and then put you together. Yeah, rock and pluck, doctor. <laughs> Salam to Israel. Salam. My son had a knee, had knee pain. Right. Blood was taken and his uric acid was high. He's 16 years mm. and he's on no medication. Yeah. So um, it's unusual for somebody of 16 years old to, be, to develop a gout attack. Mm. It's not particularly unusual for somebody to, to have an elevated uric acid level. Right. Okay. So to make a diagnosis of gout, you need more than just um, a, a high uric acid level. Right. You need to have the appropriate pain scenario, so pain in a peripheral joint, mm. and the pain must be self-limiting. There must normally be swelling, mm. right? And th- if there is a lot of fluid in that knee, a sample of that fluid must be taken. So a needle must be placed into that joint, aspirated, and sent off to the lab. Mm. Okay. Mm. Then we can have a look and see. Um, if there's any uric acid crystals in there. Mm. Just mm. because you have a high uric acid level doesn't necessarily mean that you have gout. Okay. In fact, about 30% of patients, only about 30% of patients will develop gout. With a high uric acid level. Correct, yeah. so, so others will have a high uric acid level, but not, not necessarily, necessarily gout. gout. But if you have pain, yeah. if you have gout, you right. need to lower that thing. All right. Salam, doctor. A female, 67-year-old, pain right arm from my neck into my toes hmm. okay. the pain jumps into each other part of my body okay that's uh, that's the whole thing okay that's an interesting problem we often see patients with widespread pain pain on both sides of the body right. in patients that are 67 uh, you know there's a couple of things that you must consider here 
it may not just be a, a simple problem, mm. um, especially in the elderly patients who present with, with widespread pain. There's a couple of things. Yeah? So the obvious things, you know, simvastatin can cause pain. Thyroid disease can cause pain. Mm. Rheumatoid arthritis in the elderly can, prevent, can present mm. very differently to rheumatoid arthritis in young people. Right. So rheumatoid arthritis can present with sudden acute pain affecting multiple, the big joints. Mm. Um, and of course, um, uh, and uh, you need to worry about things like myeloma, which is a tumor that affects bones, um, cancers that spread from other areas mm. to bones, etc. So you don't want to miss those type of things. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break once again, and when we come back, a uh, few more SMSs for you before I let you go. Inshallah. <laughs> Night surgery it is with Dr. Mohammed Noor Abrams, specialist physician and rheumatologist uh, practicing at Gatesville Medical Center. And if you would like to make an appointment to go and see the gentleman, 021 That's 021 uh, Let us go to our next uh, SMS because, as I said, I don't want to keep the people's SMSs here and then they say I don't do what I need to do. Salam Dr. Mateisa, alaikum salam. 59 year old female, got pains in my thighs up to my hips. Can't tramp on my legs. Pain is only relief when taking pain tablets. What can it be? Please okay. help. So um, it, uh, it can be a, a joint pain. It can be an arthritis of the hip. Mm-hmm. Um, if the pain is on the upper outside of the of the hip, it can be what we call trochanteric bursitis. Now the bursa is just over the widest part of your hips, right? And that's often exposed to a lot of pressure when you're sleeping, etc. Um, and um, when the pain is in your groin, right. that's normally when it's um, uh, the hip joint itself. Right. So you're looking at either a hip joint pain, if it's in the groin, or if it's on the outside, we're talking possibly a bursitis. Right. Then, of course, we can uh, sometimes have uh, nerve root pain from the from the back. So those are your three possibilities. Right, right. Just on that uh, very briefly, uh, Dr. I remember Prof. Carla also saying when people have got uh, lower back pain, mm. many times people tend to think uh, kidney pain. Yeah, no, but he said it's most no, no, unlikely. No, no. Most unlikely. The kidneys actually sit much higher up. Right. You know, actually just underneath the ribs. Right, yeah, right. That's normally so the pain should up. be much higher. Much Hopefully higher. it won't be there, inshallah. Much salam, Dr. Mitten. You say, salam. A 59-year-old female, mouth gets sore quite often. Got a grooved tongue, was said by a doctor to use probiotic mm-hmm. and vitamin C. But my probiotic dose is finished. Do I have to carry on with it as I still got lots of vitamin C left? The probiotics are uh, the value is in when you're using uh, lots of antibiotics because right? mm-hmm. the gut is in as uh, very important uh, flora, very important organisms that maintain the integrity of the gut. So the, right. the probiotics are normally um, probiotics are in fact organisms that you're swallowing okay. just to in, to repair the integrity of the mucous membranes. So they're normally taken for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. It's not an often a chronic problem, and, and you're not often used recurrently. Right. Uh, the vitamin C uh, is always something good to take, mm. certainly as we approach the winter months, uh, just to to protect you from uh, developing the colds and flus. Mm-hmm. So mm. I would suggest that the listener continues uh, with the vitamin C and probably uh, stop the program. Stop the program. Okay, that's finished, so yeah. don't so bother not, to... Not necessarily to repeat it. To repeat it, all right. 
So, uh, doctor, my wife is 44 years old, weighs 120 kilograms. She gets pain in the left foot when she steps on it. She's been to the day hospital, but they told her she should rest the foot only. The pain goes and comes. Any advice? Uh, uh, the possibility is what something called plantar fasciitis, you know, uh, which is pain underneath the heel. So first thing in the morning when she stands up, um, it causes a lot of pain. And as she walks around, probably um, the pain will improve. If this is the case, then, then the then the diagnosis is probably plantar fasciitis. Mm, mm. Uh, for plantar fasciitis, the treatment is invariably um, a heel pad. So you need to buy you some, uh, just go to Deskim or Clicks, buy you a soft heel pad, put it in all your shoes. Right. right? And just to take the pressure off the back of the heel. Oh, oh, and oh. then ice is very important and stretching exercises. Ice. Ice, yes. All right. So what we do is we, we tell the, the, the listener just to take a, a 500 ml Coke bottle, for example, oh, yeah. fill it three-quarter, put it in the freezer. Right. And when you take it out, you've got a nice circular ice pack. Okay. And you can put your foot on the on that thing and roll it around over the, uh, over the painful uh, areas uh, a couple of minutes a day. Right. And then just uh, stretching exercises. Mm. <laughs> and if they have ex- access to the internet, they can just Google right. um, exercises for plantar fasciitis right. and they can come up with some very nice things. Yeah. I'm laughing now because I wanted to ask a stupid question. There's that no is, stupid question. No, but this one is really stupid. <laughs> I wanted to ask, must it be a Coke bottle? Because you said a Coke bottle. No, Jive, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay, our, our last one this evening, uh, Dr. Neur. Shalom, doctor. I'm 69 years old. I'm diabetic with high blood pressure. I also suffer from osteoarthritis in my right knee. That's extremely painful at times. I have used different kinds of pain tablets that never really worked for my knee. But now I have excruciating pain in my hip. That's very uncomfortable. Uh, Any advice doctor can give to relieve my cramps in my knee and hip? And okay. it's from somebody called Fozia Leonard. Okay, so um, if it's cramps, uh, she mentioned cramps. She mentioned there. cramps, yeah, also. You know, then cramps is a very difficult problem uh, because cramps is really a muscular muscular thing. Hmm. And people will tell you eat bananas, have magnesium, you know, drink milkshake, a lot of things mm-hmm. uh, that people come up with. And nothing really has been proven to, to, to be effective. Right. Um, cramps generally uh, suggests very poor muscle um tone you know so so uh, trying to exercise and and stretch regularly is very right. important for right. cramps right she, the listener also mentions got osteoarthritis of the uh, knee right. she may also have osteoarthritis of the hip you know uh, okay and um, the treatment for osteoarthritis is predominantly um, surgery even right. if it's severe enough but to but before that you know weight loss is important mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. strengthening mm-hmm. exercises of the muscles around the the hip and the knee is right. important you know? right right Talking about weight loss, if I can just go one step back. Mm-hmm. Remember the lady, 120 yes. kilograms with yes. a problem with the foot. Yes. Could the uh, weight also play a most role? Most definitely, there? most definitely. You know, um, uh, the, the the body is designed in such a way to withstand a lot of pressures. But uh, over time, hmm. uh, especially the tendons and the fascia, uh, does take a lot of little little stress. You know. Right. And, right. Um, once you know, there's a repetitive strain. They do sort of get injured. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, with that, it is time for us to wrap it up, Dr. Noor. Believe it or not, it is now f- uh, two minutes 
to Th- think. Time flies when you're time having fun. Time flies, it really yeah. does. And I had some uh, real fun. Uh, not fun with people being sick, of course, no, but sure. fun having you here. Uh, enjoy the discussion. Uh, of course, yeah. enjoy the discussion. Dr. Shukran very much. It's a pleasure. Once again, it was a real honor to have you here with me this evening. And Muff, uh, um, can I just sure. stop you for one sure. minute? Salam, doctor, 59-year-old. Can I drink BioPlus together with vitamin C? BioPlus and mm. vitamin C? I think so. <laughs> um, that, is, that is the same person with the, the groove tongue. Oh, oh, I see. So BioPlus and vitamin C? Um, look, BioPlus is a, is a, is a cocktail of of uh, stimulants. Right? Right. If you look at what's in there, there's caffeine, loads and loads of caffeine in there that uh, causes you to 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 be to your to activate your mind. To be it's, hyper. Yeah, to be hyper. Yeah. And vitamin C is a, is a something totally different. Right, you know, it's right. a naturally occurring vitamin. Okay. Um, there's no there's no problem taking the two. Mm. But you should really be worried if you if you're still taking a lot of BioPlus. Uh, right. It's not necessarily the best thing to be taking. Now I'm going to greet you. Shukran, Dr. Inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always guide and protect you, inshallah, inshallah, and grant you all the wisdom to continue to be of service to humanity, inshallah. inshallah. All the success with the uh, practice, inshallah. inshallah. And until we speak again, Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum Shukran, very much for having me. Wa alaikum Afwan, Dr. Muhammad Nu Abrams, specialist in rheumatologist, was our guest this evening, and of course, he practices at Gatesville Medical Center, 307, the room number. 307 and uh, if you would like to make an appointment to see that uh, doctor 021-699-0095 that's 021-699-0095 and that's to make an appointment Kanala when you phone and say doctor can you come to me I will know for doctor it's for a night as a appointment to